Wither needs food. Bad height. What did you want us to do with that article you posted? You want us a best 11 based on formation used most? No, I, you know what? Uh, <clears throat> we can just kind of get into it right here. Um, so Paul Riley, he, he wrote a really good um, article. Uh, I think it's Football Facts Man, if that's uh, his Twitter handle. Uh, the Football Fact Man, I'm sorry. Not, not plural, as I previously, you know, misstated he wrote a really good article about some of the dilemmas that are facing uh england and their national team and obviously they have a head coach that's a little bit more uh receptive uh to not playing players completely out of position Uh, i'm sure that there's there would be some argument to that but our last our last what with Canada exhibition game. Steve Burnbob played right back. So uh, I, I really, I mean, we've had Dan, uh, what Danny Williams has played uh, right mid on several different occasions. Yeah, it, it, by no means. Jermaine Jones is at center back. There's a lot of really weird combinations that he's. Jurgen Klinsmann's basically kind of forced players to play, and it seems like there's a lot better options out there. So while I I think it's pretty obvious that at this stage and at this juncture in the U.S. men's national team, they're going with a 4-4-2. The last 10 games has been some amalgamation of it, um, whether that's through the diamond or whether that's through just a flat 4-4-2, they've played with the two strikers, two wide players, two central players, and then the back four. So I think that in some ways, you don't have to call up your best players, right? You don't have to always constantly play. I, I don't think you have to have Clint Dempsey in here for the U.S. men's national team to get onto not just obviously they're going to get through this round, but get on beyond this to, to qualify for the World Cup. I don't think they need Clint Dempsey. That's not to say they, they can't use Clint Dempsey in this uh, formation. I think, though, that they use players because they feel that they're the best player available. So they just put them into they're putting square pegs in round holes. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, I think there are the obvious exceptions are the players who are just not in favor. Fail Harbor obviously being the biggest one. Right. Uh, um, I think uh, that at the same time, I like some of the things that uh, are going. I, I like Lee Wynn being uh, tested out wide because I think that's a really good option. Uh, I like Nagby being tested out wide because I don't see him playing in the middle for us necessarily. So, I mean, when it comes to wingers and the modern winger 
uh, it's okay to play center mids, uh, creative center mids. I think that's fine. Uh, uh, but yeah, in terms of uh, the square pegs, round hole thing, I think that's definitely, definitely accurate. I mean, there. I remember one game when um, we had Tim Ream and Jeff Cameron as our outside backs, and then our uh, in and then our center backs were. Uh, uh, it was like Orozco and someone else, and someone pointed out that our outside backs were better center backs than our center backs. <laughs> <laughs> and it, just, it kind of just encapsulated, you know, like what is Klinsman doing? So yeah, I don't. You don't necessarily have to call up your best players, definitely. And, and here, here's my, here's the the gist of this is really we can bang the drum that Klinsman should be fired because he should. I don't think that. Uh, very many people that listen to this podcast will probably have too much heartburn with that. They might disagree on some level, but I don't think that there is such um, – there's going to be too much discussion over that point. So if we move beyond whether or not he should be, the fact is is that he is. So how might, with the present in mind, uh, the present formation and the ideas and the tactics – how might they best be suited to move forward? And so I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about who are the best people for those positions moving forward. And I think just looking at the back line, I really subscribe to the theory that you need kind of a bruiser and you need a uh, nerd in the back line, in the center, in the central defense, right? Um, and, and those are just rough my really poor tactical uh well if you can't combine them right well, well yeah, if you can, if you can, yeah if you can combine them obviously that's ideal but i mean i'm talking like you want a beasler who's going to be great he's very uh very smart and v- understands how everything's going to going to function where players are going to move mm-hmm. and he is just kind of like the anchor you need You're Eddie Pope's of the, the Eddie yes. mold. Yes. Yeah. And I think that you need to find somebody else that's going to be paired with them that isn't Omar Gonzalez. Uh, I like Omar Gonzalez a lot, but I think that you and I have both kind of pointed out the fact um, that he just he's just not mentally there. He's just not mentally an uh, international player. He's international I would like talent. to see him again, actually, now that he's been playing in Mexico. Maybe the shakeup in... Uh, in competition, maybe he was just complacent in MLS, because uh, I mean he ha- definitely has looked. Oh good. yeah, he was very complacent. I mean, you got you and I both have discussed this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I mean, not necessarily see him in a meaningful game, and I think that's up to the coaching staff to see in training. But I don't think that that's something um, to absolutely write him off. Uh, but I do think Cameron should definitely be uh, in my I, my world the ideal uh, uh, starter next to Beasler. I think, I, think. Uh, I actually like John Bro- uh, Brooks when he's paired with somebody like Beasler. I, I think he's very hit and miss. I, I like him when he's when he's doing well. He reads the game um, fairly well, but he kind of gets step. He's a little too aggressive. He's a little too green, and uh, hopefully he, he's cleaned some of that up. I haven't really been following him of late. Right, I haven't either. But the the thing with him is that he wins so many duels, and he has such a high percentage that. I just feel I would I would like to see him continue to work through. I don't think that 
really his issues stem from him alone. And I think because he often gets paired with somebody like Orozco or like somebody um, – but what he got paired with Alvarado once, which was an absolute disaster. Um, I, I think that you have. I think if you pair him with someone that's tactically uh, advanced and has the mindset and understands the flow of the game, that's going to anchor. You can have somebody like him who's a little aggressive, right? I think that he's going to win games just by keeping preventing Route One from happening. And he, him sitting in that in that defense is going to happen. Like he's going to prevent a slew of uh, chances that could that could have occurred had he not been there. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also something that um, not a lot of people are going to want to bring up because it's people don't like to talk about the ugly side of the game, but it's definitely important, especially uh, from a U.S. standpoint. And that is, um, we are going to struggle um, uh, in this cycle to create goals from the run of play. So you you do want center backs who can score goals, yeah, uh, on set pieces. You have your burn bombs in the league. Uh, yes. You have um, yeah, uh, when he's healthy, Ike Opara. I mean, I think these are important type players to look at. Jeff Cameron, uh, when he was in MLS, was an absolute beast. Um, well, from I what I understand, Je- no, it's funny you bring up Jeff Cameron. I think he's a kind of a what what we both were talking about as far as somebody that's really smart and somebody's physically. I think he's probably one of the better center backs, one of the best all-around defensive players in the pool. Yeah, I mean, if he's, but the problem is he doesn't play enough. I think. I mean, I, I don't really follow him um, <laughs> of late, but it, I think the problem with him has always been we're trying to play him in, in positions he doesn't play for his club. Is that an issue? Well, I, I didn't. We just discuss this being an issue. But it well, seems we did. That- we discussed like, okay, so. It's not as if he has no previous experience, right? Jermaine Jones, right. as far as I know, has never played central defense. And well, I think so you're just going to throw him it's out It's a there. sharpness okay. issue. It's a sharpness issue. Um, okay, that's fair. From a, from a, I remember the World Cup, Cameron had like two really good – or three really good games in one – I think it was just two good games in one really bad game. Or it one, wasn't even a bad game. It was just a bad it, – it was a couple of bad situations. I, I mean, it's been a while. It's been a very long time, you know. Sure, sure. But, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about a Portugal game. He he got burned on two or three different occasions against Portugal. Yeah, I think so. That, that must be it. It's been a while. Again, it's been a while. But I think the sort of um, – I think some of that might be linked to he's a right back in the Premier League. Or he was at the time. Again, yeah. I do not follow him. Um, he's also getting up there in age, I think. Uh, so, yeah, the John Brooks is definitely – the one you want to fo- to follow, um, I mean, Alvarado's definitely taken a, his career has definitely taken a dive. Um, uh, is, hasn't he been demoted for Club America down to the U21s or to the... I'm I sorry? I, I think Alvarado has been, like, demoted to the U20s. Yeah, he's still, he's, he got called in, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, uh, evidently that hasn't squashed, um, you know, Klinsman's view, but... Oh, I think the wild card this cycle is going to be Miazga on the back line. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's kind of fitting. It's kind of. Uh, I was surprised to see him as one of the uh, quote unquote stars of you know the U.S. jerseys. Like right when they uh, presented the U.S. jerseys, that him and Morris were there with uh, Dempsey and uh, what was it, Howard? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. 
I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 anyways, I thought it was interesting that the, he was singled out as one of the faces, you know, a young face, you know, in particular of this uh, coming time. So kind of interesting. Um, outside backs, I think is, is kind of an, I, I don't know what we really want from our outside backs tactically. I mean, in this flat four, four, two, it's a little bit of get forward play defense, but with the diamond it's get forward, right? It's, provide, it's provide some width. Yeah. I don't think we're necessarily need. I think it all depends on who we're playing as our outside back. If we continue to play as artists, then we need someone who can cover for the fact that Zaris doesn't defend. Yeah, but um, all if right, we so play we're, a lead we're, win or a, if we're uh, if we're making this this lineup, Zardes is is, is probably I, I don't have a problem with him being in the eighteen, but I wouldn't start him. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just saying in general for the type of play, uh, Lee Wen, I would say something similar, just because he cuts inside so much. Sure. Uh, that you don't want someone uh, fullback who will cut inside as well, so you don't want it necessarily a Fabian Johnson. I would say that, I mean, I, I would build, I think the most important thing for the national team right now, it's not necessarily the back line, it's building uh, matching up attacking style to attack. One of the biggest things I've um, sort of, uh, I talk about, uh, uh, I've sort of been a thing for me recently, is getting your chance creation to match your attacking players. So your forwards have to be matching. The types of stuff that they're good at finishing has to match the types of stuff your attackers are good at creating. Exactly. And if there's a mismatch of that, um, last year... Columbus uh, is a great example of that, right? Guys that are really good at crossers and putting in a big guy that's really good at finishing headers. Conversely, last year, San Jose and Houston, uh, high crossing teams finishing below average on, on crosses... It's uh, it's like why are you crossing then? It, right. Uh, so I think right now, do we have a target forward? I think the answer is is very much no. I think Altador, even when he's healthy, is not this great box okay. guy. So the question is, do we want your Ethan Finleys, um, hmm. Jossie Zardes? I think the answer should be no. Well, I, th- I think that I think they should. I think Finley should be on the uh, on the bench. Honestly, his speed. It, especially late in games, could can create opportunities when you're on the counter. Sure. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I think Yedlin. I, I would say the same thing about. I don't want him starting in any attack. I, I wouldn't put Yedlin in the start. It, 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 on. I wouldn't put Yedlin. If we were gonna make an 18, he doesn't make it. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't really thought out the full 18. I definitely know that not uh, start. I would definitely lean towards um, playing uh, since our. Central midfielders right now, we don't have a fail hopper. We don't have someone who's playing the through balls. And if so, if you're going to do a 4-4-2 without that type of guy, that means you want at least one attacking midfielder uh, to be playing as a winger. So I think you need a Nagmi or a win or both. And if you're going to do that with win, you're going to need fullback cover for him. Uh, Nagby, I think, can take care of himself a little bit better. Because at the end of the day, you have our forwards are Johansson's, your Wondolowski's, your Woods. Um, these are not guys who uh, who are very strong and physical. These are guys who are channel runners. 
So, all right, so we're going to put Nagby out on the left. You put Bradley in the middle. Who do you pair Bradley with? Bradley needs a straight-up defensive midfielder. Next a destroyer. So, I yeah, because Bradley's not def- uh, positionally um, would strong you put, enough Would you put McCarty in with, there? Uh, probably for his age. I mean, probably. I'm trying to think if there's anyone younger. Um I mean, I can't. I, I don't know I what Danny Williams' form is right now, but uh, Williams would be a would be a candidate as well. Uh, I just know. can't imagine putting uh, Perry Kitchen in that role. Like, yeah, I, no, I, I don't think he, Beckerman's a good idea either because he's um, he's fouling a lot more. His speed is is even he's lost even a step more than he was. Um, I, I I mean Beckerman can work in certain against certain teams. Uh, I think against teams like Jamaica, we've seen him exposed a couple times. Uh, yeah, I think McCarty might be the. There's got to be someone I'm missing. What, attacking? Uh, maybe. Uh, no. Yeah, I guess we don't. I, I can't really think of any young up and comers right now. I not really unless Alashi. I mean, if, if you really want to, if you want to like wrestle up Benji Joya from like the you know second division Mexico. Well, he's not really a defensive uh, midfield. I mean. No, I guess he's not, is he? He's kind of more box to box. I just want—I wanted a chance to talk about Benji. That's that. Benji that's where, all, yeah. That was that I, was the whole reason why I mentioned it. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. All right. So is that that about wraps up the national well, who, team if we fix them? Who who would you put out in right back, or I'm sorry, right midfield and right back? Because I'm at left back. Is for me for me is Fabian. It's Jonathan Bornstein. What's that? Oh, I thought you were going to say Jonathan Bornstein. I thought we were both just going to say Jonathan Bornstein. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> well, I mean, so I would either, like Fabian either Johnson, Fabian Johnson plays your left mid or he plays uh, your left back. I, I would like him playing at mid. Um, I think you can uh, – ideally you can find someone, and even if it is uh, – I would put, I would put Hollington there, honestly, but uh, – that's just uh, that's just me and my spreadsheets talking and well you know, and I I think that that's and fine. team of the week this week. <laughs> I, I I think that that's fine. I, I would start. You know how I feel about Hollingshead. I think he could start at left back. I think it would be interesting. And so maybe you put uh, the Nagby there on the right. Would that work? Uh, I, I don't know how two footed he is or his ability. Um. I wouldn't put Nagby there. I'd put, I'd put Lee Wynn. I would put Lee Wynn there before I put um, Nagby. I'd... On the right side? See, and, and like Nagby at least has shown, while he's not super effective, he's not detrimental. Right? Out well, wide? Lee, Lee Wynn had had the best cupcake of, of any player, um, and he played out wide um, in, for parts of the game and looked great. And I think that he's the – I think the variety of chance creation he offers – um, the ability to chip, the ability to play through ball, is the creativity is a little above that of Nagby, even though Nagby can offer more hustle and more of it in the long run. Maybe, maybe you can play him centrally with Bradley. Maybe that's an experiment worth trying. Uh, I, I'd be skeptical. Yeah, I'd be that. skeptical too. I think. They, but, I mean, I, I think it's worth trying in a friendly. I think ultimately, uh, I, th- I think really what needs to happen is they need to find a right midfielder that's not that's going to be played both ways. That's not just going to send in crosses who can cut inside, and, and maybe that is Lee Win. 
Um, if it is, that's great. I, I think they need to find somebody besides Finley. Um, I'm, I'm, I like Finley. I think that if you if you went to ultimately, I think that the I think the U.S. should be going to a four three three. That's just my personal opinion, and I think that if they went to something like that, I think he could star. I I really do. Here's the secret about the uh, U.S. players: they're not smart enough to play in the four three three. And the proof of this is every single U.S. national team uh, youth coach that coach that has tried to implement this on our youth teams again and again and again and have failed again and again and again it requires a spatial understanding which our players simply do not understand but see but see here's a here's the thing i don't think there's a commitment to it you can't just say well it's failed because it they because every coach comes in here and tries tries it and fails and then runs back to the 4-4-2 i mean look when you look at the bundesliga bundesliga you have coaches that swap up tactics almost every week and then their articles are about do tactics really matter you try that in MLS, usually it falls flat on your face because the players just don't get it. They don't sort of have the understanding that they lean so heavily on what they're on the role they play within a formation to define what they need to be doing. And I, but I, I, think, goes, I think this goes back to what we talk about. I think if you put players, not necessarily players that are tactically smart, but just have natural inclinations to what they're supposed to do. The Lee wins, the Darlington Nagbys, the Ethan Finleys of what they want to do. I think if you put them in those positions, they whether they tactically get that they're supposed to do it or not, I think they'd be good at it. The middle, the middle is not the problem. The four three three for the U.S. It's the front three. Oh, it's, I agree. It's I, your defensive front. It's your defensive responsibilities. When to pinch in, you know how to interact with the midfield. Um, it's 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 a lot of things that just simply aren't taught and you just don't see um uh, i i don't know i think uh it's definitely maybe worth a shot uh i guess that's really all i have to say i think my thing with finley i'm going to close on is again he's the only only one midfielder only two midfielders last year on the on the right side average under a tackle a game and he was one of them uh, Nick DeLeon was another. Uh, I kept pointing this out prior to his international debut. And then lo and behold, on his international debut, uh, he misses uh, he, he misses a tackle completely. Uh, and Iceland gets a goal. I think, you know, small sample size on that, sure. But I think it is indicative of something you see in the data. And people have argued, well, it's his role. It's his role. I mean, there are plenty of attacking forward-type players on the right side that get tackles. And I think that at the international level, you can't be playing midfielders who don't defensively commit themselves, who don't win you the balls, because ultimately it puts way too much weight, that much way too much uh, pressure on your outside backs. And on the international level, you're going to get burned for that. So here's what I want to know then. Who would you put out? In, I mean, Lee Wynn, is that the answer? Is that your answer at the stage? Probably, yeah. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's Lee Wynn or Nagby, um, definitely. So here here's here's my que- here's my final question on the U.S. and, and then we're gonna move on. Um, who is one of the most? I mean, we all okay. Yeah, obviously Dax McCarty. You know, Sasha Kleschen, uh, who somehow we didn't bring up. Um, Vinny Felhaber. Forgetting aside the obvious, 
stick give me give me some uh you know red hot take on who is who should be involved in the US national team that's not uh I, I've already said it Ryan Hollingshead is absolutely um 100 the best uh outside back of any kind in our uh position and even if you just want a solid outside midfielder defensively it's Ryan Hollingshead he leads all cat he leads Pretty much every category, he, he leads every category, or every position that he's, he played in last year, he leads that category uh, in defensive actions per 90, uh, even when he pass adjust. So he's definitely someone that, if, you're, if you want to talk about stability on the back line, it's Ryan Hollingshead. If you want to talk about, oh, you want uh, fullbacks that get forward and get touches, well, that's Ryan Hollingshead because he's a converted midfielder. I, I mean, it floors me that he was even benched to start the season for FC Dallas. He comes off the... He comes off the bench uh, this last week, plays right back, which he's never played before, but I've always said he, he could do it because he played right mid so much. He, not only does he do great, he makes a team of the week. I think Ryan Hollingshead uh, is anyone, I mean, who seriously looks at him, I don't think he can make the case that he doesn't belong on that team. These what about are, you? No, uh, as far as like U.S., uh, honestly, um, Jeff Cameron is going to be forever somebody that I kind of bang the drum for. Uh, I just think that he's really, I think he's really good. I think he's someone that's probably uh, underutilized. I think Chad Marshall is someone that I would really wish. Um, and after watching his first couple of games, um, he might have, he might not be able to be that player that he was even last year. And last year, he even, I think there's a possibility he he started to show some decline. Um, so the, I, I I really would have liked to see Chad Marshall and Matt Beasler be on the back line at some time. But uh, with that, I I would like to see Jeff Cameron and uh, uh, Beasler have some opportunities too. I'm with the Bornstein out there again, just. Not as a joke because um, every oh, time I've, that, every time I've seen him uh, in in Mexico, he's looked great and he's been active in the attack and uh, he just looks noticeably better from his time when everyone used to make fun of him. And if you want to, when we talk about who who can sit in there for who can sit in there for Johnson, if you want to move him up, I mean it's it's worth a shot. I mean if you're gonna give Acosta a look at there, why not Bornstein who's got World Cup experience? Well, not just like Acosta. I mean, I'm no Tim problem Re- with Acosta. Tim Ring is kind of an interesting player just... as it is, and I'm not. I, I you know, he plays for Fulham. I love Fulham. I, I, I I'm still not sh- sold on him being the left back that's going to see us through the next two World Cup cycles, right? So if we're not certain of anyone for the next two World Cup cycles and that's not, you know, some they're not going to go ahead and uh, give Hongshead a try. I think that uh, you got to look for who is in your pool immediately now that can help you now. And you worry less about that. I mean, I think I think that's just how you have to go about it with some of your positions. I think some of your positions, it, it, it can't all be about, well, who's young? Speaking of which, the, I think the dark horses, another dark horses of cycle, obviously are going to be um, Pulisic and Heinemann, and I think uh, we can certainly look for them uh, possibly out. Um, I think Pulisic maybe out wide, Heinemann in the center, obviously. Um, maybe uh, Rubio, Ruben. Um, I think uh, 
he's shown some good things internationally. I think uh, I think uh, Kais Fighter looked really good from the, every time I've seen him. I've been just blown away by he's his a free uh, agent, isn't he? Uh, he will be very soon, um, from my understanding. Uh, so I think um, his ability to read space is pretty special. Um, hopefully uh, he can show in the Olympics. So, yeah, I think there are some dark horses that could potentially just uh, float in out of nowhere and, and fix every, the, the problem that we've been uh, complaining about. Because I remember when we used to complain, who's our left back, who's our left back, and then Fabian Johnson shows up out of nowhere. It's like, well... There's that. There's that fix. He's now our best player fixes that position. So we, we just don't know. It's just still early in the cycle. Right now, we should just be focused on building chemistry, but most importantly, getting through. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely agree. Getting through is a big... Uh, I, I don't think it's as, as much of a walk in the park as... Oh, God, no. I'm, I'm actually worried that we don't get to the... It's, I think it's, I'm worried because I think that... I'm not going to say that we don't get to the next, but I think that... there. The, the possibility of not making it to the hex is greater in this cycle than it has been since I've followed the team. I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So <clears throat> something that you and you really banged the drum on about, I won't even say three weeks ago. I'll say even a month and a half ago was Colorado, Colorado Rapids. You, you, you were yelling in every Slack channel that uh, I, I, I am a part with you in um, about how Colorado should not be underrated. Um, you know, they lose a tough one early on to San Jose, which, you know, they, they shouldn't have. They, yeah. They, they really should have put away at least one. They, they keep the LA galaxy to a shutout, which anybody that wants to talk about, you know, the galaxy's, and you, you you have first-hand knowledge, so obviously I'm preaching to the choir. Um, I, th- I still think the Galaxy have attacking prowess. And to, to, just to kind of fold it under the rug and say, well, you know, Galaxy are dysfunctional, um, I, I, I think that's doing Colorado a little well, credit. I'd, I'd be willing to do it, honestly. But, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's fair to say that, you know, they, they looked better without Gerard yesterday but um with that being said i still think that even with gerard they're a dangerous team they're going to be they have pieces they have individual pieces and if they can ever figure out how to put those pieces together well, um, yeah the pieces yeah. are all on the bench and um and uh the biggest one or is geo and geo is not being um uh, played in the proper way but i mean i don't I, I don't want to rehash this. I do say this. I, we talk about the Galaxy every week. I mean, um, the reason why I beat the drum for Colorado for not being uh, for being underrated right now is they are taking a lot of shots. Um, yes. Right now, I think Portland and Colorado are taking probably the most shots in MLS right now. Neither of them are finishing them well, which is why they're not getting results. But when you look at the positions of the shots they're taking, they're going to start finishing those. And, that, or, and if they didn't, it would be very historic and something that would be worth studying. Um, when you look at Gashi and um, what he's done in top in a top league around the world for a top team uh, in, around the world for uh, FC Basel. Um, when you look at the growth of Baji, when you look at Marco Papa, when you look at um, Dylan Powers... And you look at the um, the depth of Cerna and uh, Selenyak. And then you look at having that backstopped by um, 
a solid defensive midfielder in either a Zero or Cronin, and then uh, very critically, you're going to get a good sort of back distributor, not quite a regista, but someone who can spread the ball around, make those runs, something he did very well for New England in Jermaine Jones, and I think that is a very key sign for them. I think their only real spot I'm not impressed with for them is, you know, maybe, I mean, I, I'm not a big Kevin Doyle fan. Um, I, I think maybe the outside backs aren't as special as they need to be. Um, they now have Howard. Um, as much as, you know, it's a dumb signing money-wise and all that, still great keeper. Um, they've got uh, St. Ledger coming off the coming off of injury. That team is going to do some. Th- it's going to do some things. They're going to. If they keep taking those shots, they're going to start finishing them. And then, lo and behold, the team last year who had a great uh, something Drew pointed out in his preview, who had one of the best um, you know uh, defenses last year, is going to have a good offense. And then that's just going to be a good team. And everyone's going to you know is going to be all like, well, weren't we just writing you know top drawer articles saying that they're the worst front office uh, in the history of sports? The, you know the couple of weeks ago like it's I think people are sleeping on them when they've made some really good moves I think one thing that is definitely to be mindful of uh is less than half their sh- their shots right now have been taken from the penalty area and I think that that probably contributes some to uh to them not finishing so uh in terms of shot totals I think they're seventh or sixth uh, I have after, them tied for seventh. After last game, um, uh, I think um, the problem is at last game they went out without um, without Gashi. Uh, right. They went, went out against a Stern DC team. Uh, they're still um, they had a new attacking midfielder, or you know they put Pop out there, so they were still sort of gelling in that sense. Uh, I'm willing to sort of. Um, Overlooked that for now. Uh, oh yeah, because mm-hmm. they have they do have a, an impressive home shot performance, an impressive way shot performance, and uh, yeah, and if you look at the danger zone shots, um, even though they aren't getting as many, um, you know, it's not over half. It's there's still enough to score more goals than they've scored. And then if you look at the score lines of those games, uh, that that's enough to turn the San Jose game. Um, it's enough to make the LA win more impressive. And, uh, you know, that just leaves you the DC game. And then with Gashi coming back, Gashi not even in form yet, uh, Papa not even in form yet, they still have the sleeping giant in Sliniak, who had, I think, a point six, uh, goals plus point six or point seven goals plus assists in Argentina or something like that. They've got some really good tools on that team, and, um, it, and they've got some depth. And if they can start piecing things together, and I think they will. They, they can definitely be a force to be reckoned with. Well, what's really interesting is we kind of harp on a lot of these, you know, various uh, attacking measurements, right? You look at their defense, and they're seventh in shots against. Uh, that, that, that's a lot better than what I would have thought. And they're, as you said, they're going to add a premier shot stopper and a premier... Uh, just explosive, defensive-minded talent. And Jermaine Jones, who's just basically going to chase the ball down like he's a seven-year-old on a soccer field, and, and he's the biggest, fastest kid. Don't forget uh, St. Ledger, either. Yeah, um, and, and St. Ledger as well. Yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely uh, hugely important. And uh, just historically, they don't give up a lot of shots. Um, some of that might have to do with the altitude of just playing uh, 
playing at home. I'm not really, we haven't really done a study of that, but it's something I've been meaning to look into. But yeah, that is a team that's going to, I think he's going to start stopping, uh, stopping shots, stopping, uh, uh, making sure teams aren't getting shots in good positions. And it's not a team that I want to necessarily face. I think um, when you look at the West, I think they're going to do better than uh, RSL. I think they're going to do better than San Jose. And then when you start looking at, can they do better than Portland? Can they do, uh, do better than Sporting Kansas City or LA? I think that's it's possible. Um, they do better than one of those teams. I think they can sneak into the playoffs. And, you know, that's a huge improvement. I think it really um, – forget about Kevin Doyle. I, I, I think they really have to figure out what they're going to do. And if, you know, Slogniak is the answer at striker, I'd be okay with that, honestly. Uh, Dominic Baji, you know, is, is there. I remember he scored, scored a goal against Dallas last year. Um, I was there watching that game. And, and overall – he has a lot of physical tools. I don't know so much if it if he has the the technical polish, but honestly, sometimes I just think that they need someone that's going to hold up plays, uh, hold up play pass. And if that's what uh, Kevin Doyle does, he's not you know necessarily has to take a lot of shots. You know maybe that's maybe well, the maybe the color get this maybe the Colorado Rapids are a better version of the Seattle Sounders. Interesting. Well, what I would point to is what I think was smart about the Gashi thing was is, is it speaks to that. Well, if we're going to highlight Doyle's ability to hold the ball, let's go out and get one of the premier wing uh, wing strikers in the world. Like if you look at strike rates from the wing, I, I Gashi's probably up there with Ronaldo. Not saying he's on talent level, but he, he's probably up there in terms of goals per game. So it's definitely just because so, of what he was doing in the Swedish league. Yes. And uh, I mean, the Swedish league, let's not bag on it is, I mean, the, he was playing, um, in, uh, for FC Basel in European competition, uh, not just in the Swedish league and the Swedish league is not bad. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely, um, all the tape I've seen on him, he's definitely a talent and I think he's going to wake up. Um, he's going to adjust to the league. So I think he does give you those goals, um, I think that was the smartest signing that they've made. And I think uh, Jones is probably the second one because they really do need something Doyle pointed out, uh, the ability to pass from that position. And I think with those two pieces in place, they're going to be um, set up well to um, – if they're not good this year, I think they're definitely going to be good next year. Oh, I can't, I, I, I can't imagine how they're not going to be. I think that they – I think right now with the Jermaine J- Jones – addition and forgive me i i'm i'm not all hoorah over tim howard i think that i know you you'll excuse that uh but <laughs> i i think tim howard is a moderate step up over zach uh mcmath i mean he's obviously an improvement how much over clint Irwin, who they traded away for basically nothing is the bigger question that i have uh, I'm, I, I'm not prepared to answer that. i haven't seen enough of howard how much he slept and all that but i think and that's, Obviously, and, that's kind of where, and that's where I'm at because I I don't feel like this defense has changed that much. Now, adding Eric Miller, in my opinion, is was a huge grab because they they've, got been, him bench, they've been benching him recently, and I don't understand it. Um, I think he had like three shots against San Jose. He had like three shots and two key passes or something like that. I'm just like that yeah, is unheard he was, of, unheard of for for, a, for an outside back. 
Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what his role is with this team because he, I thought he had a very good first game. Uh, Amazing first game. Team of the week quality. He wasn't on any of them, but he should have been because, I mean, you don't get that many shots and key passes usually from the outside back. And in, in limited time with Montreal, we had seen similar uh, tendencies and abilities from him. So it'll be really interesting to see um, how if he sticks with Colorado or if there's someone else that's going to end up finding and buying into what he does. Because I really think he's a very talented fullback. Yeah, we'll see. So um, at this stage... I, I think that they battle at least for a sixth spot. Um, and, and really my hesitancies all wrapped up with Tim Howard and how good can he make them. If he can turn them, if he can be Bill Hamid, um, this team could could easily, and I, I'm trying not to be, you know, like just jumping on the, the train to jump on it, but... If Tim Howard does for the Rapids what Bill Hamid does for the United and the Rapids have a better overall team, it's not inconceivable that the Rapids end up in a top three spot. I mean, I would definitely say that for that to happen, you would have to see a drop from teams that from uh, from Seattle, from L.A., which are both very possible. And then you have to look at Portland, who also very possible could drop. Um, yeah, they could do it. I mean, it's. I'm not, not saying I'm not saying they will. I'm saying that oh, yeah, there's, no, enough, I get you. there's I enough helium here to take them to, to into that category. Now you're right. I don't think the likelihood. I think the likelihood is that they're going to battle for a five six spot. Um, mm, I do too. Yeah. Really. Next year will be their year. I, I don't. I think. I think this. I think they're in win now, man. I, I don't think that with the age of, you know, Doyle and with uh, Jermaine Jones and Howard, I think they have. Here, here's the concern from the, the, the management and the front office version is what happens if we don't win an MLS Cup in the next two years? Because if not, I don't think you're winning anything else. Uh, maybe, maybe they make a good run for the U.S. Open Cup. I don't know. Um, it's possible, but outside of that, I don't see them really taking any hardware home. MLS yeah, Cup is is really there. This team is built for the postseason. Maybe I mean well, uh, there, there are a lot of good teams who don't win MLS Cup. I think Seattle is a prime example of this. So uh, I, you shouldn't judge everything based on trophy output, but I think. Uh, uh, maybe Jones necessarily. You don't necessarily need Jones on that team. Uh, he definitely helps. Uh, I think Howard definitely has a couple years in him. Gosh, he has years in him. Doyle probably yeah. has years in him. You don't need Doyle, and so I think the pieces there um, are, are there. And, and then you also have your Cernas and your Powers there, um, who are going to be growing under these players. So uh, I, I do think they, uh, if, if it's not win now, it's definitely next year. So um, something that you, it's funny because you really have uh, been beating uh, our fantasy drum. You're really regretting owning <laughs> uh, Clint Dempsey at this stage. Um, well, I know it's, it's going to pick up. I, I know it will. I'm, I'm regretting the fact that Seattle, 
Um, I, I bought Clint Dempsey before the Ova Family Martins trade. I would not have bought him before uh, after the trade of Ova. Um, I and then I was uh, the first. Uh, uh, so I'm depending on a lot of my points from Dempsey and Keenan. They've had three bad games, so I've lost three times, despite being the fourth highest points total player um, in the league at the moment. So I've also and how does it feel? How does it feel to be number four? Because let me tell you, being number one's awesome. Your number two. Oh, my number two did I drop? Oh, damn it. In point total, yeah, I think Eric is above you. You have 70% of the goals in the league, and uh, (laughs) Eric is above you, I think. I don't have 70% of the goals. That's a lot. Oh, was that a joke? Okay. That's a fabrication. It was a, it was a, someone, someone said that, and I believed it because it seemed very true. (laughs) That's a fabrication. That's a flat out fabrication, (laughs) sir. I have like closer to like forty percent, but still, it's really high. It is really high. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, I'm more regretting the fact that uh, I am counting on forwards in a head-to-head league, which uh, seen fluctuations in points. It seems like the ideal formation is to play uh, eleven center mids, which you can't do, but. Uh, <laughs> Will Trap for me has not gone below eight points yet. Well, so, yeah, uh, you saw Michael Bradley uh, just absolutely rake this weekend with the amount of passes that he had and how how uh, busy. Yeah, he was. you say that because it was eleven. Will Trap had more this week. Really, and I didn't. Well, yeah, well, yeah, Will Trap at eleven point oh nine, and then the week before that he was nine something. Week before that he was nine something. Will Trap has been like absolutely. I think Trap had like nine tackles last week. Um, yeah, he's uh, and he's consistently on the ball. It's uh, he'll always get me those points. He's not going to get me those key passes or or goals or anything like that. But it's it's consistent. Whereas um, loading the team up with the uh, Fagundes, Gashi, Nagel, Keen, Dempsey, the idea being that one of them will score at any given. Oh, and Morales, who's also been killing me by being injured and uh, you subbed know, off uh, for red subbed off. And, yeah, because of red cards, which has been another problem with me. And these guys, the idea being that if all I need is one of them to perform a week to be good, and so far, just that hasn't happened. And I think statistically it should be happening. It's just uh, the red card things kind of pulled Morales down to a point that uh, I was not expecting. Uh, Keen uh, will get back in his groove. Dempsey, yeah. I'm not sure if because, I mean, he's farther away from goal. He's... Um, I don't know what Ziggy's doing with that 4-3-3. They don't have any bench to speak of if players go down. I think it's very questionable with Dempsey playing as a winger right now. And, yeah, I'm a little worried about he's, it. He, let me just throw this out at you right now. He's he's fourth in the league in shots. So. Well, yeah, he had a lot of shots last game. I noticed Well, that. I, but that's not – I mean, it's not – he did have like six – uh, six shots or so, which was really, really great to see him start to take shots because, if anything, it allows the defense to really focus on him and it hopefully will start opening up alleys for players to run. And, and that's been one of the hardest things since Oba Femi Martins left was to actually see that and recognize that. But um, for me, the, the, the maybe surprise so far is Kyle Laren's sixth and shots and and that's with him having a, a game that he was you know very obviously out of sorts or sick um it's only three games in but you know one of the things that 
you know, you doubted whether or not he continued to finish. And I said, he could, he will throw up over 10 goals so long as he continues to take more shots. And that was a common trend that I saw from him. Uh, so it's, it's good to see that since August, his expected goals are down. He's three goals, uh, three goals ever performing. So he's still, uh, doing Kyle Aaron things that I do sure, not. Sure, sure, sure. And, and yeah. I, I'm not debating whether that he didn't finish lucky. He certainly did. But that no, I mean, continuing into this season when you add his. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think okay. right now. Shot he's still, off the yeah. face that just randomly happened to go into goal. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, been, I was at Disneyland, I guess, that day. Well, he, he apparently was also. Um Let's see. I got that's about it. That's that's all I had today. My goodness, are we gonna finish under an hour for once? Yeah, we will. Hey, congratulations, listeners. Um, oh, uh, we do have a listener question from Justin who wants to troll us. Uh, he wants to know. He, not he's not. He's not trolling us. Uh, Howard and Guz, uh, Guzan are in decline and headed home. Hamid, not far from jumping to Europe once healthy. Discuss. I don't know what there is to discuss. Um, I refuse to to answer his question until he apologizes for insinuating that I don't know what a sample size, a good sample size is, which he did. Well, what and, is a good sample? I, I think that this is a kind of an interesting question. What is a good sample size? For what? I mean, uh, well, he, I was, think, he was referring to an article I wrote about the Santa Earthquakes and you can't judge from two games. And I pointed out that at no point in the article did I project anything about the quakes beyond two games. And that when I say San Jose is bad, I mean over two games they've been bad. Um, so there's that. I think for shots, um, or for minutes, I think the threshold, like a threshold 1,500 minutes for shots. Um, if you want a really good sample size, about, uh, I believe it's 1,500 shots if you want to do some really good trend work. Um, that's what I've heard. See, and I think that's that's some good, those are some good numbers, some good uh, um Milestones. Maybe it's, maybe it's a thousand. Milestones. Maybe it's a thousand because it can't be fifteen hundred for both. Or I mean, it can't be, but it'd be. I don't know. I'd have to look. Kind of coincidental. Hey, David Tinney just uh, favored a tweet. I like him. Who? Dave Tinney. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I really need good. I was thinking about this. I drive by the, the Sounders like practice facilities. I should really stop by there more often. Just, Will they let you in? <laughs> I do it all the time. I should just stop by there, say hi to you know some of those guys there. There's some nice guys there. I know people hate the Sounders, but you know I'm a nice guy. I'm not a jerk. I think that there's some nice people in the Sounder land. That's, oh, you mean at at the players or the, I mean I have no problem with most of the Sounder players. I have the problem with the the fans. Um, I, th- I the think fans. I think most of the issues. Well, I think it's either Ozzy Alonso, Clint Dempsey, or the fans. Those, those are the general. Yeah, I have uh, no issue with Dempsey. I mean, I, I get why people do, can, cannot like him, uh, but what, whatever. I mean, he's, he is what he is. I, it's kind of like uh, I, I also like Wando, and people don't like Wando, and I get why people yeah, don't love- like Wando, but I'm glad he's back on the team. Um, I hope he gets a chance to start. He's never he's he has yet to have a cap in uh, World Cup qualifying. I saw that today. Kind of shocked me. I mean, not really, considering like his use and role and everything. But 
disappointed me. I feel like he's better than that. But, you know, we yes, argue, we no argue with people on the internets all the time about him. So, I mean, what do we know? We're just two nerds with spreadsheets and and the internets. Have we written a definitive article? I know you did a Hercules Gomez article. Have, we, have you done a Wando article yet? A definitive article of Chris Wondolowski? Of no. why he's the best player in the universe? We really should. Yeah, we should collaborate should on that. that. Yeah, I know that we were looking into the website wandoisbay.net <laughs> at one point. We were going to split it. It's like 15 bucks or something. Um, I think we should host that article there. That's that's funny. Uh, we, we'll have to talk about that offline. So <laughs> I, I think we've reached our end. Uh, yeah, we have. Thanks for listening to American Soccer Analysis. Go to uh, Twitter. Um, tweet at us at Analysis Evolved. Um, our Twitter handle, American Soccer Analysis, actually could not fit. Thus, why we went with Analysis Evolved. It's weird. I know. You just have to go with it. I'm uh, at Harrison underscore Crow. You can find Sean at Sean Stefan. Uh, last second shout out to my buddy Joel, who bet me that the San Jose Earthquakes were going to – uh, shut out the galaxy and they were also going to uh, score, score multiple goals. I believe it's <laughs> the bet. So that was really fun. Uh, bet. Why would you ever bet that a team averaging seven and a half shot with shots per game would score multiple goals? <laughs> I don't know. Give him a break. He's, he's a nice guy. We like Joel. Uh, I'm sorry. It's just a bad bet. I'm sorry. It's, just, oh, it's a bad bet. Yeah. So uh, lots of really good stuff. I was always out at the site, AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com. Go out, go visit it, click banners, click things. I don't know what Sean, what uh, Drew has on there. Um, tweet at our, our managing editor, Drew Olson, Drew J. Olson. Man, that guy is awesome. He's the bomb diggy. I, sh- I should have an article, hopefully next week, because um, uh, thanks to Aaron Nielsen, I was able to get shots and shots or shots on target conversion data going all the way back to 1996 for MLS. So I can do a comprehensive uh, study of finishing an MLS and add that to the stuff I've already done. I'm hoping, and I already have everything I need. I just have to find time to sit down and compile it. Hopefully I can do that this week. I can have that up on the site soon. There you go. All right, uh, Sean, say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. I'm Harrison Crow, Federico Higuain, and uh, go out and rate us on iTunes and all that other crap. So thanks. Uh, have a good night. Unicorns, battle dancing, da 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 da. Shut your face, high school jerks. We're about to show you how this works. Are we cool? Laser beams. We're about to. Say, what are you, some kind of computer? And we'll say, a cyborg pimp from the future. And I'm going deaf for cheesy. I'm feeling a bit uneasy. Let's get this straight. Oh, yeah, we are the champions. We'll be
Party Rock. We're hip hop.